0: The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Monday morning. And we're so glad you're with us to take a few minutes in God's word as we start the week out together. We hope you had a great weekend. Hope yesterday was an encouragement in the services between morning and evening, whether you were able to attend in person or whether you watched online, we just really hope that it was a help and encouragement. I always enjoy spending time in church and being around God's people. And I know yesterday was an encouragement to me and I hope it was to you as well. Uh, We're gonna be continuing in our study through the book of Ecclesiastes. If you're following along in your Bible or tablet or phone, we're in Ecclesiastes chapter number four. And we're going to go through the verse 7 to 8 verses in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. So let's go ahead and read the verses, and then we'll take time to unpack them and and look at the principles from it. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. So I returned and considered all the oppressions that are done under the sun. And behold, the tears of such as were oppressed, and they had no comforter. And on the side of their oppressors there was power. But they had no comforter. Wherefore, I praised the dead, which are already dead, more than the living, which are yet alive. Yet better is he that both they, which hath not been, who hath who not seen the evil work that is done under the sun. Verse number 4, again, I considered all the travail and every right work. that the, For this a man is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh. Better is a handful with quietness than both the hands full with travail and vexation of spirit. Then I returned and I saw vanity under the sun. There is one alone. There is not a second. Yea, he hath neither child nor brother. Yet is there no end of all of his labor. Neither is his eye satisfied with riches. Neither saith he, For whom do I labor and bereave my soul of good? This is also vanity. Yea, it is a sore. So what we're gonna see in these first eight verses is we see Solomon comes back and he begins to talk about basically the priorities of life when it comes to work. Should I work? How much should I work? What should my priorities in life be? Now I understand this is less about working and the question of working and more about why do I work? See, for some, work is an understood principle. I go to work because I need to provide. I go to work, really, it's commended by God. He says, if a man does not work, he should not eat. So we understand that God created us designed us with the understanding that we need to work to provide for ourselves, to provide for our families, and to be able to live comfortably. God has given us the ability to work. He's given us different talents of which we can use to work. And in doing that, and then using the money God has given us wisely, he says then we can then take it. That's how he provides for our needs. Sometimes the idea is, well, I do nothing, and God said he'll provide all our needs according to his riches and glory. By the way, that book in Philippians is very, very much taken out of context sometimes. The idea is, in that verse, "As I give, and he's really talking, a church giving to him in his missionary work then God provides. It's not just about God provides because I'm a Christian. So we come back to the idea that God says I provide. So he starts by providing his, my ability and my talents, my desire. And then through my work ethic, God then takes and helps me to provide for my family, things of that nature. But what he's talking about is sometimes the idea of that work can go too far. It can go too far to where many people call it a workaholic or thing of that nature. Let me give you examples of the negatives it can be. I can work so hard that I lose, I lose sight of the importance of my family. I lose sight of the importance that God has placed me in my home for a very particular reason to love my family. And if I'm working so hard that I'm never home, well, I'm not, I, I don't have my priorities right. Well, I want to work so I can gain all of the possessions of the world, right? I want all my, the nicest house or the nicest car or a great position. I want to be recognized in all the things the world looks after. Solomon again comes from the point of view of someone who has everything the world can offer. And he says, I've seen it all and I'm still saying it's empty and it's vain. He really comes down to the idea of priorities. Are my priorities right? Because the priorities of the world are empty. So he gives two thoughts. Let's evaluate these passages. In the first couple verses, he talks about something we hear about today, and it is true. He says, verse 1, I returned and considered all the oppression, oppressions that are done under the sun, and the tears of such that are oppressed, and they have no comforter. Then on the side of their oppressions there was power, but they had no comforter. He says, you know, I come back and I, I go back and I evaluate the world from the world's perspective, not from God's perspective, but from the world's perspective, and I see that when we get back into the working business and all of the desire to accomplish, the first thing he noticed was all these people who were oppressed. They were abused and they and they were kind of pushed down, and unfortunately it happens sometimes, pushed down so other people can grow and can build their lives off the shoulders of other people, and he says it's empty. He actually says in the next couple of verses, verse 2, I praised The dead. He simply says it's actually better that they would be dead, or that they would have never been born, to have lived where they are. You know, we can debate all of the aspect of the politics of that today, but the fact is, Solomon, and and in the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, God placed in the Bible the truth that there's going to be. There's going. This is just part. Unfortunately, part of life to where some are just going to be oppressed. And we can talk about the reason why, but there's going to be a crowd of people who are just going to be abused in this working field. And he goes, it'd honestly be better that they had never been born than to live where they are. So again, remember, he's not looking at this from the Christian perspective. He's saying, as the world seeks after one of the really negative and empty and vain things I see, is that in the working field and the wrong priority, you can become so overwhelmed because generally the world doesn't offer what we want them to uh, the world offer, you know, what we, the world sees as oppression, and that's the first thing he says. Then he goes to verse four and he says, "I considered all the travail and every right work that for this is a man and is envied of his neighbor. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. The fool foldeth his hands together and eateth his own flesh." He said, "Better's a handful with quietness than both the hands of, full of travail and vexation of spirit." Now, here's what he talks about. The first thing he talks about when we give our life to just gaining, the first thing we see is sometimes there's inequity, there's oppression, there's things of that nature, which is true. By the way, I think we can look at that first point and we can spend a lot of time saying, I think the world's like that, but the simple question is what am I doing in that area? If I have people that work under me or work with me, how am I treating them? How am I loving them? How am I treating and loving my neighbors? How how am I taking advantage of all that God has given me to be encouragement to other people? How am I doing that? Am I... Am I looking down, am I following this really, wrong evil view of the world of oppression and all these different things or am i finding a way to use what i've given to encourage those around me but then he says the problem is then you get to the second aspect of this workism this wrong priority not only is there an oppression that is just is wrong but then two there is this competition inside so it's about well i go to work but now i'm under competition because someone wants my job or someone wants my position or we we live across from somebody and there's this competition of having the nicer car nice and i seen this and nicer boat or you know, better landscaping. And here's literally what he's saying is that there's an emptiness when all we do is work because somebody's always going to have more than us. Someone's always going to have something nicer than us. And we're going to say it's not fair and, and it's easy. And by the way, I think it's important to understand life is not fair. No matter how hard we try to make it, it's just not. We live in a sinful, broken world and it's just not fair. And you say, well, God is fair. Well, God is just. And I don't believe God is fair. Let me explain what I mean by that. Is it fair that Jesus has to go to the cross and die as a perfect man to die for your sins and my sins? That is not fair. Is it fair that as a sinner, I'm offered a place in heaven that I cannot attain. It's a gift to me. That's not fair. So we understand none of this is. Sinful world creates an unfair circumstance. So when we look at the world and they're like, well, I want to gain. I want this. I want that. You know what you're finding? You're never going to accomplish everything we want in the world because it's, it's just an emptiness. There's just this, this, this wrong human nature that it you know, oppresses others and then there's a battling. Here's what he says. If I have the wrong priorities, then I'm in trouble. Here, here's the ultimate warning. If we tell our next generation, I'm talking Christians here, even unsaved too, but go after the world and go get everything the world can offer. We are setting them up for a long level of discouragement. Because no matter how much money you get, it's still empty. No matter how many possessions you get, it's still empty. True fulfillment does not come from money, from possessions and things of that nature. It solely comes from walk with God. Even the unsaved, you understand the world cannot offer you the fulfillment. Only Jesus can offer you the fulfillment. And so we look at the idea that when you go, make sure as Christians, have the right priorities. Your priority cannot be in the world and gaining, because you might get a lot, but it ends up being very empty. It sounds great until you have everything you want. And this is coming from Solomon, who had everything and still found it empty. We're looking at the fulfillment. So I'm going to finish... With two thoughts. Uh, they're not original with me. I thought they were great in one of the books I've been reading. So he calls it two haunting questions. The first question is this Are you telling your truth? Are you telling yourself the truth about possessions? Are you telling yourself the truth about Possessions and simply this possessions will not bring happiness, possessions will not bring fulfillment, truly relationships and helping others and 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 really the, our walk with god that's fulfillment. the world in itself is empty cannot bring fulfillment and if I think the newest car or this or that is going to bring fulfillment, it will not and and, and if i 'm lying to myself, I will find myself more and more empty and that 's why discouragement and depression and anxiety that's why so many people are looking to doctors and medicine to solve the problem not that those are wrong but they are because the world offers emptiness offers nothing and therefore we're depressed because of it we need a true and, and religion doesn't offer the opposite a true relationship with jesus does and the right priorities so then first question are we telling your, are you telling yourself the truth about possessions question two Are you heeding God's warning about priorities? Are you heeding God's warning about priorities? He tells us in 1 Corinthians, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. If I understand that my priority is God first, God will take care of all these other things. Then there's a fulfillment in it. Because I know they come from God, and my life is not focused on things that cannot bring fulfillment. They're focused on God who, in a relationship, which will bring fulfillment, which in turn... God takes care of all those other things. Let me encourage you that we would have the right priorities. The world screams wrong priorities and they're empty. May we look biblically in in finances and all the things, material things we have. May we have the right priorities today. Thanks for joining us on this Monday morning. Thanks for giving me the opportunity uh, to be part of your day. And as we continue to study Ecclesiastes, may we... Uh, see more about who God is, maybe see the great divide between the secular world and a walk with God and what God can offer, and I hope it's an encouragement. Thanks again for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.